You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is an audio conversation with Michael Pearl entitled Jumping Ship. This is part one of four. All right, we'll open with prayer. Father, thank you for this evening and for Mr. Pearl joining us. Thank you for the wisdom you've given him and the experience with families and with following you. May we learn from him as he helps us to better understand you and your ways. Give us wisdom to hear you and the diligence to obey what you say. May we live fully for you, glorify you, and thank you for how much you care about us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So there's 24 callers on right now. Usually, well, not 26. So if you want to listen to these phone calls later, if you want to hear this recording or some of our most other recent ones, you can dial the following number, 641-715-3800. That's 641-715-3800. And enter PIN number 89752. Coming up January 5th, we'll discuss the November issue of the Amish Voice. We plan to. And as we meet the first Sunday night of every month, February 2nd, we have scheduled Counselor William Seitze, who does a lot of the counseling for Bruce Langeman. So tonight we have as our special guest, Mr. Michael Pearl. He and his wife were raised in Memphis, Tennessee by Christian parents who taught them about God. They've been active in evangelism and in ministry since he was a teenager. They moved to rural Tennessee, started a prison ministry, started writing on child training and family relationships, does that a lot, still continues his prison ministry work, missions, Bible studies. They were married. Mr. and Mrs. Pearl were married in 1971. They have five children and 18 grandchildren, unless more were added. 21 grandchildren now. 21. All right. So he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) So welcome. And tonight we'll discuss probably his book, Jumping Ship, which is about what to do so your children don't jump ship to the world when they get older. They talk about mistakes parents make and what you can do to keep children on board with you. So you want to have anything else to add, Mr. Pearl, or want to introduce yourself a little more or your book? Well, the reason I wrote that book is we've been uh, instructing homeschoolers now for about uh, 20 years since I wrote the book To Train Up a Child. And uh, we get uh, have gotten as many as 100 to 150 letters a day. And, of course, we can't address all of them. And so we started printing a periodical a magazine in order to answer questions and uh, over a period of time we watched parents uh, raise their children from infancy to uh, getting old enough to be married and uh, we watched them get married and have children so we've gone through complete generations and, and before that too we knew and associated with a lot of people so we've I'm 68 years old we've watched uh, a lot of families grow from young families to old people and seen the different cycles and so we've observed some young people continuing in the faith of their parents and we've watched other young people jump ship they get about 16 17 18 years old and they just decide they don't want the faith of their fathers and so they depart 
sometimes it shows up sooner. When they're as young as uh, 13 or 14 years old, they start becoming uh, hostile, do not want to participate in uh, faith. And uh, at the first opportunity, they take up the wrong crowd. So we had to answer the question to a lot of people, why does this happen and what can we do to stop it? So I sat down, took all the letters of people and the experiences of everyone and put it all together with the scriptures to figure out what we could do to help these people, give them some direction, point them in a way that would keep their children from jumping ship. And so that's how the book came about. And many parents have told us that it was quite helpful to them in uh, dealing with some of their problem teenagers. Yes, and the, yeah, the book is called Jumping Ship. The Pearls run No Greater Joy Ministries. If you'd like to order the book or other books, their mailing address is 1000 Pearl Road. Got their own road named after them. Pearl Road, Pleasantville, Tennessee, 37033. So we have a 100-acre farm, and our property is the only property on the road. So naturally, they named it after me. Uh, because that's all that lives on it is pearls. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just because you were famous. <laughs> no, it's uh, nobody out here thinks of me as famous. They think of me as the farmer. <laughs> all right, that's good. So one of the main things in your book seems to be not just disciplining children, but training them so that they want to stay on board. And, and you mentioned that a lot of the problem could lie with bad relationships with a parent or parents who don't have the right inside well, children are the product of their parents. Uh, there'd be no bad children if there wasn't bad parenting. Uh, children are the result of their experience, the time that they spend with their parents, with their grandparents, with their friends, the church, with uh, people in general. And they're molded. Uh, it's like having a cow or a chicken or a dog. Uh, whatever you allow them to do, whatever you allow them to get away with, whatever you direct them to do, uh, however you train them, that's what they're going to end up being. And sometimes uh, our animals will act in an improper way, and we have to pay more attention to them and be more careful to train them. But uh, a good farmer doesn't wait until his uh, cows are getting out of his electric fence before he repairs his fence. And uh, you don't wait until a cow is kicking the bucket over before you take steps to train him. Uh, you don't wait till your dog has already eaten your chickens before you train him not to chase chickens. So you anticipate the kind of behavior you want from your animals, and then you train them ahead of time accordingly. And the same is with children. If we wait until there's a problem, you may have waited too late. And so we need to start training from day one. But the thing that causes children to jump ship, the main thing is they don't like their parents. And when they don't like their parents, they don't like the faith of their parents. And uh, so there are many reasons why children don't like their parents. But the best way to keep them from the jumping ship is for mother and daddy to have a relationship that the children want to emulate. If a 14-year-old can say, when I get married, I want to have a relationship like my mother and daddy has, then that child's not going to jump ship. But if a 14-year-old looks and says, uh, I don't want to be like my mother and daddy, I don't want to have that kind of marriage, or I don't want to be in a church like they're, they're in where they fight all the time, I don't want to be part of something that is makes everybody miserable and unhappy, I want to, I want to have peace in my life, I want to have good things in my life, provide, provide a context that is uh, that they don't like, that they don't find pleasant, that they don't want to repeat in their own life, then they're going to go somewhere else and try to find uh, some other uh, some people or some other situation where they think life can be more fulfilling. All right. And what 
no, none of us are perfect, you know, and you say that in your book. But what, what would a godly husband and wife and parent-child relationship look like that would entice the children? To well, be? you know, uh, there's we are whole people. We are, we are not uh, segmented. In other words, you can't be a good, you can't be a bad father and be a good husband or a good preacher or a good farmer or a good neighbor. Uh, we, are, we are a single person. And if we are if we are a lovely person, a person that is attractive to other people, someone that people like because we're kind, we're generous, we're honest, we keep our word, we're uh, we're eat, we're not uh, critical and punishing of other people's wrongs and faults, but uh, we we're humble enough to recognize our own shortcomings and we're ready to help other people to build them up and encourage them. Then people like a person like that. You're attracted to them. If you you probably know everyone who knows someone that's that's hypocritical that says one thing and does another and you don't like them you don't really want to spend time with them uh, if you know a preacher that is uh, really critical that he, he he's critical towards his wife he's uh, hard on his children and then he comes to church and he preaches and he's hard on the people uh, you know that that's just who he is that's who he is in his spirit in his heart. And he's never going to be a good father while being a bad preacher, a bad neighbor, and a bad husband. So we really need to look to our own hearts before God and make sure that we are people living in the grace of God, in the joy of the Holy Spirit. And if that's true in our lives, our children are going to be attracted to it. But if they find we're inconsistent and that we're hypocritical, we say one thing and do another, they're not going to like us any better than our neighbors do. So the the cure begins with physician heal thyself becoming a lovely person to our children. You can't you can't spank them into obedience. You can't threaten them in. You can't build fences as churches sometimes do, where you mandate exactly what they're going to do, what they're going to wear, where they're going to go, what they're going to say. Not that we don't as parents need to tend to that, but that in itself will only work until they get about. 14, 15 years old, and uh, there comes a point then when they start looking to jump over the fence and they know they've got the ability to. When they get about 17 or 18, they know they can go somewhere and get a job and they can they can leave the farm, they can leave the home, and uh, they can hit the road and they can make a living on their own, and they know that. And if home has been unpleasant, if home life is unpleasant, then they are going to leave. And if they stay, they're going to make the younger children miserable by their unhappiness. If you have a question for Mr. Pearl, you can press five star on your phone, and we'll see a little hand and get to you when we can. But Mr. You also write, Mr. Pearl, that it's impossible to become a good parent without experiencing a revival within. And you say, you know, you say that throughout the book, as we need a revival, we need to follow God. If you you say, if you would simply repent and become a disciple of the man from Nazareth, there would be an entire a shift in your entire life. So, could you explain a little bit about what you mean by? A revival, or what it means to have a relationship with God. Well, Jesus taught a way. He taught a spirit of life. He taught new life. He taught a new birth. Uh, and what people have done, what we have done, is out of that we've evolved a religion. A religion like any other religion. Uh, a religion is where you have uh, an authority figure or an authority body, like a pope or a group of elders, or some church hierarchy, and they function like the Holy Spirit. They tell us what to do, what's right and what's wrong, and they discipline us and they correct us. 
and uh, we submit to them. We, we submit our souls to them. And uh, whenever we do what they tell us to do and what traditionally the church ought to do, then we feel like, well, okay, we're good Christians. The only thing is there are many people who have submitted outwardly to all of these uh, demands of the church. Some of those demands are good and they're right, but nonetheless, they're not coming from the Holy Spirit. They're coming from a, a human body. And when, uh, when people submit to those demands, they can be considered good Christians, and they uh, may consider themselves good Christians. But it may, in fact, it may be that they don't know God at all, that they've never known him, that uh, in the day of judgment they'll say, we've cast out devils, we've done many wonderful works in thy name, and he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. So knowing God is something that takes place in our human spirit. Is something that happens personally and privately between us and God. And it takes place when we realize that we are helpless sinners with no hope before God, that our religion won't save us, water baptism won't save us, all of our repentance won't save us, our confessions of sins won't save us, no amount of praying will save us, that the only salvation is in what Jesus did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. So when we place our faith in Christ, in him alone stop trusting in men stop trusting in God working through us and start trusting in what God did for us 2,000 years ago when we understand that when he died he paid for our sins all of them and that there's no longer a job for us to do in seeking salvation or atonement the job has already been done so by faith we rest in that finished work of Christ we accept the free gift of eternal life and when we do that like children and God puts his spirit inside of us. And that Holy Spirit then brings with him joy and peace and an assurance of salvation. And that makes us thankful to God. It makes us appreciative. And so we want to please him. And that's the beginning of the true Christian life. Uh, as you know, uh, historically, uh, the Protestant denominations, including uh, the Mennonite and the Amish, are all breakaways from the Roman Catholic Church. The reason, in, except for the Antibaptists, all the other groups are breakaways from the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, the Roman Catholic Church was uh, a big hierarchy of power. They had all the forms, but didn't have the life. And so the different groups at different times have sought to have true life and broken away. But in time, every group becomes like the Roman Catholic Church, just another system. Just another system to bring men together and bind them uh, with some rules and try to hold them to live like a Christian. And in the end, it's just as big a failure as the Roman Catholic Church. So true life is between one man and God, or one woman and God, or one child and God. And uh, it's having that life that really becomes the source of uh, us becoming an attractive person, a lovely person, a thankful person, a generous person, a person that's sincere and not hypocritical, doesn't blow up in anger, doesn't try to control other people's behavior, but someone who just lives in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and the joy of and thankfulness of knowing God. When that happens, our children want that, and uh, they, will, they will stick around to try to receive more of that kind of life from us, and we'll not lose them. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again, and have a blessed day.